0: Called Challenge 2.0. When we celebrate holidays such as Christmas or Hanukkah, seasons that have come to be marked less by personal or collective faith gatherings and more by gatherings at stores, either online or brick and mortar. The question is raised, is this due to a decline in faith or is it due more to a change in what our society truly values most? That then is the topic of this edition of Challenge 2.0 in shopping we trust. So as we discuss this topic, which we hear just in everyday conversation a great deal, uh, we're very fortunate to have with us Sister Loretta Schaff of the Sisters of St. Francis of Philadelphia, uh, Reverend Priscilla Paris Austin of Emanuel Lutheran Church in Seattle, and Reverend Terry Kylo, who undoubtedly you've seen here as Executive Director of Our Paths to Understanding. Thank you each of you for joining us in this program. Thanks
1: for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Descartes was famously quoted as saying, I think therefore I am. Uh, It's been suggested that perhaps the modern day equivalent of that is I shop or I consume therefore I am. Is that an accurate uh, description of where we're at as a society these days?
1: I'd have to say absolutely. Um, We are, I believe, living in an age and a time when Everything is about consumption. everything is about what we have and our very identities are are shaped and um, named at least as being um, what it is we have and how it is we consume.
0: Jerry and sister Loretta, what are your takes on that?
2: I would say that our primary religion today you know is the economy and what it proposes is, you know what? Why we get out of bed in the morning, what we're supposed to do during the day, what makes us acceptable or or effective members of society, and that is to be producers and consumers. You know, as producers, we gotta produce as much as we can, and we kind of compete with each other about how much we make, and we judge each other on that basis. We also judge each other, as Priscilla said, on on what we consume and how little we got it for. And so we're. it seems to me that we're constantly competing in this, what is essentially a de facto religion, because it tells us who we are as producers and consumers, and it tells us the way we're supposed to behave and, and kind of what we're supposed to strive for as human beings.
0: Sister Loretta, what's your take on that?
3: I would hope this is not true, but it is, um, that we are more than what we consume, uh, more than what we can buy. Um, I think it is a real challenge uh, in our society, culture today, um, to witness the other. Because there are some who are, uh, and I know personally, uh, people who are making choices to not to be this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that that is what the real challenge is. And um, there there is movement and there are blogs and there are places where people are encouraging them to not be this way. Mm-hmm. And so you know I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt that my neighbor next door is not fully consumed by this mm-hmm. but by the make of their car <laughs> and so forth and so on. it's like, Oh my, you know, uh, my car is not that, but it doesn't matter to me. And yet, the the, the neighbor that I have at the end of block is um, totally anti consumerism.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think the constant assault? Maybe that's too strong of a word of marketing and advertisement that we see following on what you just said, Sister Loretta makes it more difficult, as you said, to see the other and to see the needs, particularly at this season?
3: Um, Absolutely. Um, I was just with a group of women this morning that were doing a, a reflection, an Advent reflection, and some of them had some very, very significant things to say about that and without them realizing what I was going to do, someone just said, I will not let this season undo me. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I thought that was pretty significant. And she was talking about uh, consumerism. I will not let this season undo me. And and I don't know if the pandemic is influencing this or not On, on both extremes. It's like, oh, I have learned I can do less or I have had less, so I got to make up for it, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a very complex question.
0: Sister Loretta, I know you've done a lot of work uh, on college campuses. Uh, Did you see that sort of tension with some of the young people that you worked with?
3: Yes, I think what people forgot and have forgotten in working, but there are low income students who just do not have it. Mm -hmm. I mean, And so, you know, you've got the senior who is driving a certain kind of car and you've got someone else who uh, is wearing a pair of shoes that are about ready to fall off and yet they're still there. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I, I did see that on a college campus. And as a chaplain, trying to invite them into looking at things differently was very challenging.
0: I'm also wondering about the need for immediate gratification Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just me, but it used to be the Christmas decorations would pop up right around Thanksgiving. They started moving earlier and earlier before Thanksgiving. And now it seemed like, at least in my neighborhood, they were popping up around Halloween. Have any of you witnessed that also? And what's your reaction to that?
2: That gets back to what we're longing for, which both Priscilla and, and Sister Loretta have talked about which is we long for connection, for meaning, you know, and for our basic needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do need the connection of relationship to each other, to our families, and to express love in lots of different ways. You know, we do need a sense of like, what's gonna be meaningful to me on my deathbed? Mm -hmm. What am I gonna look back on in gratitude and and be happy that I did that? Um, It's gonna be people. It's gonna be how I served other folk. Um, and, and I think what's happened in our culture to some degree, Jeff, is that we have reduced meaning and community down, Mm -hmm. uh, into just simply getting, meeting basic needs and, and meeting an an extravagant sense of Mm -hmm. basic need. And because during the pandemic, we weren't able to relate as much, we're kind of hungry for it. But I think some people have realized like, Hey, we don't have to live like this anymore you know, maybe it's not worth the, this, this rat race of consumerism is not really worth my life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It doesn't really provide what I, what I deeply am longing for. And so I hope that while some have tipped further into it, others of us have begun to say, Hey, wait a minute, let's spend some time in building community. Let's spend some time doing what's meaningful, as well as honoring the fact that everyone has basic needs that, that deserve to be met
0: in terms of, you know, the ideal of connection, how much is that not happening? Mm -hmm. And how might we make that happen more frequently, both within the context of Advent and Christmas, and also the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, so Jeff, I mean, I know during the pandemic, the kind of work that that we do in terms of trying to connect people of different wisdom traditions, has been very difficult because how do you get people together when we're encouraged to be physically distant from each other? Mm-hmm. And and this it's, it's been really difficult, but honestly, 50% of Americans reported chronic loneliness before the pandemic. How much more of that is happening now? And uh, I did spend some time walking around the neighborhood to some of the the people who don't get out very much and knocked on their door and stood back mm-hmm. and asked them if they needed food. Or if they needed some other kind of support. And just those little conversations we have with people, just offering a, a kind hello. On the on the street out here, I often go for a walk with my dog. And I've in the last couple of years, I've begun to wave at everybody. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is that people on that busy road are are pulling over further away from walkers now and are now waving back. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And just the sense of like, we're, we're a community. We are recognizing the human being in each other Mm -hmm. is I think a really powerful kind of, of, of symbol, symbology, um, that I, that I think we could all spend a little more effort on. It would make a huge difference Mm -hmm. in our society.
0: Priscilla, what are your observations about that?
1: You know, I think that there are, um, the long, the ways in which we long to be together, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, creator whichever creation story you draw upon right whether it be from the judeo-christian tradition or or an indigenous katsutali tradition right it's the creator makes human beings to be in community with each other and creation Mm -hmm. and so being able to connect to that um is is vital right and in this time of year right um my family and um, and our congregation really um, dwells in in trying to 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 emphasize the value of the experience of the season, right over um, over whatever we're going to get, right. Mm-hmm. We think about what we're going to give. We think about how we can share our generosity, how we can when um, let those things flow out into the world. We think about what time we can spend together.
0: Sister Loretta, is a professed Franciscan, uh, simplicity is very much at the core uh, of what you do. Uh, how did you bring those uh, values into the way that you approach Christmas? And I think it might be interesting that perhaps one of the most known symbols of Christmas, at least within faith communities, originated within the Franciscan order. Maybe you could share that story with us as well.
3: Um, simplicity and humility are part of the Franciscan charism. And so um, advent time or preparing for the feast of the incarnation um, is a call for us to remember that humility, remember that simplicity. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, you become a less of a consumer because other things take precedence.
0: Terry, I know that you've observed that the Lord's Prayer contains some elements that are central really to this discussion we're having right now. Uh, Could you elaborate on that a little bit more?
2: To me, the Christmas story and the story of the incarnation says that all matter is infused with meaning and value. We don't have to think like Descartes, you know, uh, suggested. We don't have to consume. Uh, we don't have to be like Mike, right? We don't have to mm-hmm. do anything or work for anything or consume anything in order to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That 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 matter is filled and infused with meaning and value and beauty, mm-hmm. and that's just so critical. And yet it is also true that we all have basic needs mm-hmm. um so in the lord's prayer which christians pray you know supposedly all the time learning from jesus um give us this day our daily bread mm-hmm. and notice that in stark contrast to descartes or some of modern individualism it says give us this day our daily bread It's mm-hmm. talking about the community mm-hmm. having enough food clothing water housing medical care and, and, that, and that that's what we pray for. I don't just pray for my need. I pray for the need of my entire neighborhood, my community, my state, my world, including the animals and other forms of life on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've, we've lost some of that uh, after the Enlightenment told us that the individual is kind of all that matters mm-hmm. and that the only kind of meaning we can achieve is to get more stuff. And I think what that Christmas story is teaching me as I grow older uh, within this tradition is that I don't have to do or consume anything in order to, to experience the meaning and blessing of being alive. And that is a gift far greater. And so how can we pray that prayer more mindful of our connection to each other and, and honor the fact that we do have basic needs and do have nutritional needs? Uh, that's All that's good. All that's part of a good creation, which we believe our creator joined in Jesus in order to bless and to affirm and to love it.
0: Terry, I know you've been uh, very much involved in interfaith relations and helping people of different traditions appreciate each other. As you have these discussions, as you have these encounters, do you see similar concerns in other faith traditions, and perhaps some other approaches that might be of uh, value and of help?
2: Absolutely right. And one of the beautiful things about the kind of multi faith conversations that that we have is is to learn how many of the shared values uh, that I mean, how many shared values we have. It's really quite astounding. Like the in the Muslim tradition, for instance. Um, there is a conversation that the poor have a right on the rich, mm-hmm. and that the rich have a responsibility to those who may find themselves to be poor in this moment. Um, our our Jewish neighbors are so incredibly, um, so in- so incredibly well well spoken about the 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 goodness of creation, and the goodness of every part of it, and in fact even the goodness of God's invitation for us to steward it and take care of it and our our buddhist neighbors are really excellent at helping us to recognize that life is limited and that there are um, that everything changes but that also is something that can be accepted and embraced as a part of of our human experience Mm -hmm. and so i have grown so much uh, deeper in my discipleship of jesus as I've engaged with people of other traditions, because they've helped me see things and have a a, a holy envy for what their tradition does so well.
3: I so appreciate what you just said. When I was on the campus of the, well, it was Lewis and Clark College, um, very diverse. And that's the one thing I missed after I left was the interaction with all of these different traditions. And the world becomes much bigger i I loved that it wasn't just me and my christianity or me as a franciscan it is me part of a much bigger wider more beautiful diverse world and i have missed that uh connection since since i left so as you were going on with this beautiful litany of all of their gifts that they give to us are they Oh I wished I was there still because it was so it
1: is so so rich. Well and and can and like candle lighting is is a principal practice in so many holidays that are being celebrated right at this time of year. Right? Like whether it be Diwali or or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas, right? That the candle lighting that that practice of, of as a family gathering around these symbols, these flames, these pieces of the earth that come up um, and, and shine in our world and, and give us um, revelation, a different, a different kind of enlightenment, mm-hmm. right? A different way of, of being brightened in this world to how much there is out in this world i i love this time of year and that practice because that starting early gets me excited right like when i recognize that like lights are coming up but they're not christmas lights there's somebody else's lights right and and that there's this sort of ripple effect of the seasonal season of holidays, right? Like that, like like Loretta is talking about, it just makes the world so much bigger as well as bringing it so much closer to me.
0: I'm terrible at remembering some uh, poetry quotes, but I remember what uh, the young poet Amanda Gorman said at the inauguration uh, about being brave enough to see the light and being brave enough to be the light. Be
3: the light.
0: In concluding this, I might just ask uh, if you have any closing suggestions for how people can carry this spirit that we'd like to see expressed more fully in this season through the rest of the year, and maybe even attracting those who find themselves estranged perhaps from the major faith traditions. And I might just, uh, Terry, perhaps start with you and then Loretta and then Priscilla to uh, round out this discussion.
2: So... You know, for me, Jeff, and and a lot of this has been, as I said earlier, discovered in conversation with other traditions, including our indigenous neighbors. Recognize that the core of the Abrahamic tradition is to recognize the unity of creation and the unity of humankind, to recognize that our needs are in tension with and we need to hold our needs in tension with love of our neighbor. Because we're all in this together, and that we're called, you know, I think as, as a third key component of the Abrahamic tradition to to foster a healthy ecosystem um and a just economy so that everyone has enough. And I think, but I think when it when it comes down to engaging with people, to recognize another core value of that tradition, which is that God wishes to be a blessing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: To all the families, nations, tribes, religions, peoples, philosophies of the world. And to, and to stop seeing each other as on teams against each other, we're a liberal, conservative, whatever, but to see each other as on team human. Which is, I think, what the what what so many folk are longing for right now that we actually see each other and see ourselves as being valuable and beautiful and and worth relating to. And, and I think when we're able to, to embody that, I think things change more than we think they do.
0: Loretta?
3: As I'm reflecting with all of you, I, the word that always comes up is relationship. It's key. God is relationship. Father, Son, Spirit. God shared that relationship through Jesus. God is with us in and through each other. I had a startling um, insight today uh, in this group that I was facilitating. I've never thought about it. And and I think it's appropriate for, for what we are talking about here today. And that is um, this particular person was sharing that that she read and she could not remember who the author was, that each of us has a new name. And it is Emmanuel. We are each an Emmanuel. We are each a God with us for others. That was very startling for me to think that I could name myself as Emmanuel and, and 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 not in a um, just in a profound simple way that in we are god with us we are god with us in relationship and i believe the world is longing for relationship my neighborhood is longing for relationship and so this can be carried through throughout the entire year To how can I be in relationship? And it usually starts small, like you knocked on the doors of your neighbors. We do flowers in the yard as a gift to the neighbor. We are in relationship. And I I really feel that this is part of the longing uh, of this season and of our humanity. We want to be with one another and be in relationship. Good relationship, loving relationship, not harmful relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Priscilla, yeah, I, I, I want to echo everything that Terry and Loretta have just said. Right, that our longing for relationship is is so key to combating a, a whole a host of uh, of toxic ideologies that exist in our world today. Um, I've been listening and 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 grounding myself lately a lot in indigenous theologians and and the idea that you know we are in relationship with each other and we're in relationship with creation mm. that we cannot exist nothing on this planet can exist without the help and assistance and partnership of other parts of creation and I think that our desire to consume can be best combated if we actually release what it is we think we have back into creation for the care of all of creation. We will not survive without the trees and the trees will not survive without us, without the rain and without us creating various pieces like we're all vital parts of this creation and whether we have an xbox or whether we we don't doesn't actually feed us right and doesn't actually satisfy that longing for relationship which is actually already present Mm -hmm. we already are in relationship with each other we already are in relationship with creation. We just have to open our eyes and see it.
0: Well, this has been a very rich discussion and we talked about uh, uh, the hazards of observing uh, Christmas, the holiday season too early. I think we're guilty of that and giving each of you a Christmas gift to each of the people watching uh, (laughs) in terms of giving them more meaning for the season. So I thank you, each of you very much and look forward to an opportunity that we'll have to engage in discussion on another topic sometime. So thank you each very much.
3: Well, a blessed season to each of you and to your families.
1: Thank you very much. Peace everybody.
2: Thank you, Jeff.
0: And thank you each of you for tuning in to Challenge 2.0 this week. We hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this program, found our conversations to be informative, entertaining and thought provoking and the vision inspiring of people from different backgrounds who can disagree without being disagreeable. Perhaps you might consider supporting our program with a contribution. Your support will not only help our program continue, it will also support the broader efforts of Paths to Understanding, our supporting parent nonprofit organization.